0: This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. It's good to be in the house. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's good to be in the house. I love it. I love when I see people in the house. Can I tell you, it would be so boring. We've we've been there, done that. It's boring when we're when we're when you're not in the house and we're in the house. It's 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 like we're trying to save and resurrect chairs. I guess if the Spirit of God were here, you know, he could just go, and that chair would come alive. Maybe who knows? An inanimate object start moving, hovering over the earth. You know, I don't know. Hey, I'm I'm I'm. Never mind. let's move on. Say, Pastor Kevin, move on. (laughs) Move on. Anyway, I'm excited for today. I love coming into the house. I love coming to be with you guys. Just real quickly before we step in to the amazing uh, message this morning, uh, I want to say a huge shout out of thanks and hip, hip, hooray. You helped us raise the money for our South Campus speakers. So it is there. Come on. Yes. Amen. Thank you so very much. There was a large deficit last week, and you guys came in and made up the difference. And uh, we could not have done it without you. I didn't see it on the video announcements probably because it's sporadic, but I just want to give one more plug. I'm going to continue to give plugs. Uh, Held by Design Ladies Retreat coming up in April. Make sure you get on and register. You do not want to miss it. It's a powerful, powerful weekend uh, with a powerful communicator and an amazing worship team. And you will be, you will be ministered to. God will do something in your life, ladies. And uh, don't want to miss it bgmc boys and girls challenge all right hey that's coming right around the corner and i'm going to say yay boys come on boys yay Yay, boys men we need you i i got the mic right now and larry's got the mic next so there's not a woman on the platform with a mic right now and i sit down She don't. She don't need no microphone. She'll just shout it out. Anyway, boys, come on, come on. We got it. We got this. One more year. We go, boys. Yay for BGMC. But more importantly than boys or BGMC, it's missions. And can I tell you, our our giving to this challenge uh, doesn't just doesn't just make the boys look good and win. All, Allie's smack talking now. Just telling you. Uh, But can I tell you, Missions wins. Our missionaries, the missionaries that you support from Relevant Life Church, our Oregon missionaries, every single one of them wins by you participating in this. You say, well, this is boys and girls. Hey, we're all boys and girls at heart. So come on, men, women, let's get involved in this and let's make this happen. And it's an exciting, fun time to, to join together. I also want to invite you, whether you are a signed card member of Relevant Life Church or not, we have our annual business meeting today right after South Campus. Right after our or after our service at South Campus, and uh, you don't want to miss what God has done and what God is going to do. So we invite you to come join us, whether you have the ability to vote or not. We want you to be informed. and We want you to be participating in that. And uh, that's at what one one fifteen at our South Campus. So you don't want to miss that today. I'm excited. We have the Empress in the house herself. Jan is here, <laughs> right? And she brought her chauffeur with her, uh, and we're here to elevate. We're here to elevate the empress, <laughs> but we get Larry on top of it. No, seriously, Larry and Jan. Just so you're aware of, Larry and Jan have our part, our RLC people they are part of us and you may not see them often uh because they've been on a mission field god has called them as an extension they've been inter interim pastoring in a sense at sheridan assembly of god and we're praying and we're going to do that before he even comes we're praying for our god to fill that pulpit with a pastor because we want larry and jan home again right it's kind of a bit selfish on our part uh but but God God can decipher through all that and God wants that body to have have a pe- have, have a pastor. So let's pray before I introduce him. God, I thank you today that you're the God of every congregation and you're the one that provides. God, the the harvest is ripe in Sheridan. God, we're asking for a pastor to answer the call and to show up and to reap that harvest. God, to plant vision and to plant dreams. God, I pray that you provide everything that they have need of. And God, we thank you for it today in Jesus name. Amen. Larry is a good friend Larry is a pastor. He's he's a retired. Come on, he's a retired minister, and uh, I. I love this man. He's not only as a friend, he's a mentor, but he's also a thorn in my side. Uh, Amen. A good thorn. A good thorn
1: that always challenges. I love you. Praise God. I just got to say, I am in awe of what God is doing. Jesse. Did you read my notes just before you gave your devotion? You, sorry, you, was the song, were the songs selected before, did somebody read my notes? Because I'm telling you, God's got a theme today. And so I would suggest that the ears get real big on the heart, you know, because, uh, I struggled with this message and then, then wow, what God does. Wow. So, uh. Good morning. good morning. It's good to see you. It's good to see. I wish I could see those of you on the other side of the cameras, right, wherever you are and whenever you watch. Uh, it's. Uh, I love being together with all of you. Together is a good thing, yes. and uh, I never take it for granted that you'll be here. I just don't. Um, I just like being with you. Sorry, that's the way it is, and that's the way it's going to be, and I'm not going to change. Um, Thank you again for the honor of, of hearing the word of God as, as he speaks through me. Uh, it's not about me, it's about him. I'm blessed to serve in this way. And I pray that the blessing that I'm receiving returns to you multi-times, multi many-fold times, as you uh, endeavor to do a beautifully transformed walk with Jesus Christ. Those of you who've been here, Pastor said it. Some uh, know me. Before, uh, if I, July of last year, if you were here before then, you know who I am. If you're not, retired pastor, as he said, uh, we retired in 2017 and thought, here comes the rocking chair. <laughs> uh, I counted uh, uh, before I spoke and uh, before I was as I was planning to speak. I think we're involved in seven different ways, uh, not just in the church, but we are part of the the leaders of the prayer ministry and as a part of the empty nesters group uh, on occasionally preach yeah empty nesters yeah mm. how about prayer yes. yeah all right how about god yeah yes. hallelujah um and and uh, and on the preaching team too so um currently though the reason we're not present on campus is because we're pastoring in in Sheridan and speaking in Sheridan every every Sunday. And, uh, PK has graciously asked me to return to the pulpit for this Sunday because he didn't want to get up early because of, (laughs) oh no, that wasn't it. Okay. (laughs) That wasn't it. And I am, uh, blessed that the Sheridan church, I asked him if it was okay. And they agreed. They said, you should go home for this Sunday. This is truly home for us. Jan is very happy to be here with you. And if you haven't seen her or don't look over her head, she's down here. There she is. Uh, Please talk to her today. She would love to, to just share in fellowship with you. Um, and continue to pray for Sheridan as, you, as pastor led you, please, because it's, it's vitally important for that church to find a pastor. Um, I want to have a bit of fun today. Is it okay to have fun in church? Yeah. Can we do that? God has been so gracious and so good. So if I could ask uh, Pastor and Trenton and... Pastor Sasser to come up here with me please this is just for fun although it may be a part of the message you, you'd watch out I may pull something on you but come on up here um, and just just stand right in a row right here and what we're going to do is we're going to have you ever played those games with what's different about you know that sort of thing so we're, we're going to see if you can notice what's different Jan help me out here Jan thank you no, not the way you think. <laughs> Pastor, you may need the... No, that's not it. Okay, don't guess yet.
0: <laughs> hey, we can see eye but to eye.
1: You have, a, you have a top of your nose. I never <laughs> knew that. So what's... Who's the different one up here? I'll bet you think it's my height. It's not. Trenton uses a hairbrush. Wasn't it obvious? Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Now, if you go to second service, don't give it away. Okay, <laughs> all right. The okay, have some fun. <laughs> Get back on, on track here. Actually, there is uh, there is a point to that about because my message today is about something that's very obvious, but sometimes we just overlook it, mm. right? So. We want to think about that and pull that into ourselves. We're going to jump into the message, which is uh, part nine of the Love Where You Live series. There are 19 messages in this series. Um, It reminds me a little bit of of the old joke of the church that found a new pastor. And uh, he got up and preached a message, and they were all wowed. And next week, he preached the very same message from the pulpit. Board members grabbed him right after services. Pastor, Pastor, what's going on? You preached this message last week, and you preached it again this week. What what's going on? And he said, Well, I noticed during the week that I didn't see any behaviors change. I just thought I'd keep preaching it until you guys change. <laughs> and actually this message, this series of messages that important, I think, is that it's really about us being who God wants us to be. And and to lift to that. And every message should be, but this is. It has such a point to it that I I think that we need to make sure that when we see repetition from God, that we open our hearts and say, what is really being said? Not the first surface thing, but the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and let it drill down into into our hearts. Um, This series, uh, of course, is Love Where You Live, and it's not about loving your house or the neighborhood with good schools or the amenities of the city you're in. I think we could understand the intent of the series if we thought of it as loving where you live like Jesus would love where you live, that that would, that would uh, kind of bring some of the meaning out to us. The challenge question for the whole series is what would happen if each of us really began to love where we live? What if we let God really work his love within us, our families, and beyond? Would transformation take place if we really allowed that? Would there be less strife and more peace in our hearts? Would fewer spiritual or social mistakes be made? Would people be more attracted to the gospel if we really loved like Jesus loved where we live? With faith and by faith, I think we could answer those rhetorical questions with a yes. That God would be at work through us because we are loving like he loves. The foundation scripture for the series is found in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And notice the progression, right? The goal. The witness begins locally, then moves to regionally and ends up worldwide. It must happen this way. It must happen this way. It's got to have a starting point. It's a chain reaction that compounds an influence from a starting point, just like ripples from a stone thrown into a pond. This show this next slide, please. Look what I did to you. Have you been skipping this slide? You know, every week they show this thing, don't they? But I covered up the, the different phases to see how much the teacher in me came out. I'm going, quiz time. What, what is the first phase of transformation? Oh, good job. Second phase? Oh, third phase? Fourth phase? Good. Now we can go to the next slide. Give yourself 100%. You guys are going to pass. You're doing great. Hallelujah. You've been paying attention. Makes Trenton and Pastor and everyone else feel real good. We continue today to consider loving your home. We're on that, that phase of the ripple in the pond. And we're going to look at the responsibilities of the leaders in the home. It's, in fact, exactly one responsibility in reality. And we convert our challenge question to what would happen if you loved your home? Pastor Kevin has preached two great messages that have already covered these issues. But I hope to come from a different angle that will encourage us as well. Let me give you a quick reminder of the responsibilities Pastor talked about last week because they're powerful in their wisdom, and I have not lost them as I just meditated on the the message that he spoke. The leaders in the home are to choose to prioritize, to encourage, to sacrifice, and to persevere. Remember him speaking on those things? Fantastic, fantastic job, and I don't say that just to praise him. It spoke to my heart, and I know pastors already covered those issues, but I want to come from a a different angle, as I said. Not only are leaders to choose to do these things, they're also to do them. Yeah. It doesn't do you much good to say, Yeah, I'm going to sacrifice for this or that, and then not sacrifice. Or I'm going to set priorities, and then we break the priorities right away and do something that's not really a set priority. We must do them. What I want to begin with today are the possible transformation outcomes when responsible leaders apply the principles pastors talked about. In other words, what does a transformed home look like or feel like? Jan and I once had a visitor to our house who came in, and right off the bat they said, Wow, I just I feel a sense of peace when I come in your home. I just feel like there's peace in your house. And we were very, very glad to hear that, very proud to hear that, and also thankful he wasn't there the week before when we were having a big fight, you know? <laughs> But he just said there's a spirit of peace. And I don't mean a a weird spirit, but just a sense, a, a, a culture of peace in our home. What word would you use to describe the spirit or characteristic or culture of your home? Joy? Depression? Peace? Conflict? Organized chaos. Raise your hand. Yeah, all right, yeah. Creativity? Or just about anything else? I will say to you today that leaders of the home are responsible to find a way to create a godly culture in their home. That that would be the most important thing that we could do. After all, we we lead to get somewhere. Too many of us Are thinking we're leading, including me, when all it really is is there was a riot behind me and I got pushed out in front of the parade. And I'm not really taking them anywhere. I'm just dancing along with the riot, pushing me, you know, along. That's not leadership. That's just being the one with the say out in front. So what's the destination for the character of your home? In other words, what's your end point? What's your goal? Where do you want to get in that transformation? What do you want it to become? Well, here's some scripture to give us an idea of what a home would look like where the power of God is moving in a transformative way. Please move with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1-5. to 5. Here is a trustworthy saying, the scripture says. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. In other words, you don't beat your kids. You help discipline your kids and help your kids encourage them to grow. You do that worthy of respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? And then we move on to Titus. The reason I left you in Crete was that you might be... You might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Verse 8, rather he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Now notice how many of these leadership qualities, characteristics, traits have to do with the home and family, faithfulness to your spouse, managing your children well, hospitality, nonviolence, no addiction, and a lot more. Too often I think we view these outcomes as a task list to try to accomplish. We read through our Bible and we look at them and say, oh, okay, these are good things and, uh, and I should probably be making sure they happen. Or we might look at it and say, whoa, 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 dude, Pastor Larry, this is about board members and pastors, overseers and elders and presbyters and bishops and all that. This is not about me. This has nothing to do with me It's about people who want to take the pressure in the church and feel responsible for it. Well, I will answer that as soon as my iPad lets me move. What these lists actually do is describe what happens as a result of God's transforming power working in someone's lives, first as individuals and then as families, because I guarantee you, you won't have this home without God's power in the home. They are outcomes, results, or fruits of transformation led by successful leaders. By prioritizing, by encouraging, and by sacrificing, persevering our homes, we'll be growing into these things. These items are what a mature Christian household looks like. But it's more than that. It's more than that. It's not just a goal that way. The first century church rarely met in assembly halls. They were a house movement. They were, a, they were a, a group of people. They got together. Apostle Paul came through or something. They got saved. Peter came through. They got saved. Where did they have to go? They couldn't go to their synagogues. They were cast out of their synagogues. The pagans weren't going to let you meet in their temple. So what did they do? They would find somebody who was wealthy maybe who got saved, and they would, two or three homes would meet in there and have a service. But every one of them considered themselves to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. And they, they knew that their home was their church. It was a house church movement. This has got to be kept in mind to understand the context of the scriptures as written. Let me push your thinking a bit. If there were no RLC buildings, where would you go to church? If RLC could not rent a school, a Grange Hall, a gymnasium, a local event center, where would you go to church? Where? Is that what your church life is? Going to a building on a Sunday morning and saying, that's church? I'm pulling a fast one on you here because going to church is not God's plan. Being the church is God's plan. You are not coming to church. You are the church coming to a building in order to worship corporately. Okay, that's, that's just the way it is, at least as far as, as I'm going, as far as I'm thinking about it. What we call church today is actually a gathering of a lot of smaller churches from different addresses coming together today. The most basic church is your home. I want you to say it with me. My home is my church. Say it. My home is my church. My home is where I serve God. Say that. My home is where I serve God. Does that change your viewpoint as to what activities and attitudes need to take place in your home? If you're having church at home, are you worshiping? Are you praying? Are you meeting the Holy Spirit's presence there? Are you, are you doing that sort of thing there in your home? Or are you just waiting until Sunday because the pastors will help lead you and get you there. The worship team will get you all emotional and excited. And that's, that's your relationship with God. If that's so, I, I, please don't do that. Please. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. You get so full of God at home, you can't wait to get here and just spill out on everybody else. Okay. That's the way life is supposed to be in Jesus Christ. What this means is fathers and mothers spouses and singles doesn't matter who you are are the leaders of the churches that live in those homes yes i read leadership stuff but it's about living in your home and doing that in your house regardless of gender or marital status you fulfill the role of elder overseer and deacon in short you are responsible for making possible transformation from one level of christian living to the next for the other people in your home That's your job, leaders, mothers and fathers. Even if you're a group of roommates, somebody in your home, preferably all of you, is making sure that God is in your house and that transformation is taking place. Since that is the case, these character traits from Timothy and Titus apply to you and me. We are to be faithful to our spouses, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not pursuing dishonest gain, hospitable, loving what is good, upright, holy, and disciplined. And of course, we are to manage our children well in a manner that garners respect. Character matters when leading transformation. So how is your house church doing? Ask yourself that. How is my home doing? How is my church at home doing? Well, I might score well on a few of these items, and Jan would score better on more of them. I would have to say that Jan and I are still a work in progress at our house church. Our home is better than it used to be, but not yet where it needs to go. This is true for all of us, I'm sure. If we really were fair to ourselves, put pressure on ourselves, but really were held accountable, we say, I'm not bad over here, uh, not so good. I tend to spark off at the kids or, or whatever it is, whatever it happens to be. I maybe don't pray enough over my spouse when I should. However, whatever. Immediately when I began to sense the truth of this, I began to feel pressure, though. Why? Because my character is absolutely influential in realizing God's outcomes for the people I love and care about. My character matters for my children and my grandchildren. My character matters around my wife. It's really important. And so I begin to feel this this pressure. Their ability to experience transformation will either be enhanced or limited by my integrity as a leader. Do they see in me what I hope that they will become? Ask yourself that. Does my family see in me what I hope that they will become? No one sees their child get married and says, I I hope it only lasts a couple of years. I hope he cheats on her or she cheats on him. But do they see faithfulness in you? What model am I presenting? And you could go on down the list of all those things, quick-tempered, addiction to substances, whatever it is. So how do we transform our homes? I feel this pressure. I feel this weakness. I feel this inability to to stand up to, to what I should be. How do we get the power for prioritizing, encouraging, sacrificing, and perseverance? Tough questions. I've got good news. I've got great news. You have the greatest possible mentor of the highest character available to you, and I'm guessing for most of you, he already lives in your home, and his name is... Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, and how does Jesse open our service? What songs are we singing today? And none of us checked with each other to see what God wanted to say to you today. So I would listen. I would observe today. I'd check and find out if it's Trenton's hair that needs brush or Larry's too short. Which one of those things, which one is important today? I think it's what God wants to do as, in a, in, in, as the Holy Spirit in your life. You can't get more perfect a mentor than that. He's a better mentor than any human being will ever be because he's perfect. And he's got all those traits nailed down. He's perfect in all of them. And he can share himself with you and help you. He stands ready to give you the power to step up to the image of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus said he had to leave us just so the spirit could come, be our counselor and guide. Everything Pastor mentioned as he got up here and talked, he's going to remind us of what Jesus said. He's going to guide us. He's going to comfort us. He's going to stand beside us. He's going to help us withstand the attacks of the enemy. That's what the Spirit of God does. So let's let him work in our lives. How do we access him as a mentor? How do we do that? First, we must receive the Spirit into our lives in a personal way. Now, I'm going to say that if you've given your life to Christ, you had the Spirit working before you were saved. It's called prevenient grace. He led you to Jesus, okay? And then when you get saved, you, you receive the Spirit of God. But the Scripture is also very clear. Let's go back to the beginning of this message, to the whole series, to the foundation of this series, and take in the Scripture that where this all started, Acts one eight. He's Jesus is talking, he's talking to his disciples who've already placed their faith in him, he's already been resurrected, and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is the source of power and transformation. You can receive more than what you received at salvation. You can have receive an overwhelming amount of the Holy Spirit even after salvation, you can be baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit. And he is there to be your guide, to be your mentor, to be your help, to be your your protector, to counsel you, to to work in you, to do great works of power within your your witness and your ministry. Being transformed starts when he comes on you. That's what Jesus said. They don't get power until when? The Holy Spirit comes on you. are not going to have power to be the best parent, the best transformer in your home until you allow the Spirit to come on you and work in your heart and your life. The beauty of the work of Jesus Christ is that it made the Spirit available to you. In other words, he tore open the curtain. Before, it was just the priest's. Before, it would be just somebody like pastor. He would come in and he would dress in these garments and he'd have sacrifice just for him and he'd get to go into, into the Holy of Holies. Now, according to the book of Hebrews, all of us go into the Holy of Holies. We're all a kingdom of priests. We're, we have him to, for us. He's for us. He wants to be in our lives. We're not so unholy he doesn't want us. We're covered by the blood of Jesus so he sees us as, as pure and ready to come into his, into his home. The gospel of Christ did not transform the world until this prophecy about the power coming on you uh, to be a witness was fulfilled in Acts 2. When the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles, the effect was instantaneous with many lives transformed. Later in Acts 8, when people were being saved in Samaria the church made sure to send Peter and John there to specifically lead these people into a close relationship with the Holy Spirit to help them transform. Read Acts 8. I don't want to go into it. I want to pull it. point out. But I promise you, there's a line in there where it says, they heard about these people believing and they sent Peter and John to lead them into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So that transformation could take place. Why? Because transforming power, again, comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit. You felt it this morning during our song service, didn't you? You felt it when Jesse spoke, didn't you? You felt it when Pastor preached, didn't you? Well, why don't we want to feel that in our homes all the time? I think we want to, but we just got to make it possible, right? We got to open our hearts. We got to say, God, come on me. During your daily devotions, not what does the Bible have to say for me today? Yes, I pray that too. But God, come on me. Come on, Lord, pour yourself out. Pour, be a loud, thundering wind. Come into my life. Speak through, to me and through me. Help me be the man I'm supposed to be for my wife, for my children, my grandchildren. Come on. Good. Work in me, O oh Lord. Yes. Here's a tough question. Well, let me make this statement. Transforming power comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can't change you, but the Spirit can uh, I've tried over and over to change me, and it doesn't work. I've tried to organize myself. I married Jan so I could be organized. That's, that, that's just it. I've done the whole calendar thing. I've done the list of things thing. I've done that. I've checked them off, and then I wrote another one the next day, and most of them were left over from the day before, and did that again and again until in about four days' time, I said, this just doesn't work for me. I just can't get it done. Come on, Larry. Take your daily walk. It's raining outside. (laughs) But I can, if that's the case, if I can't change me and I need the Spirit to change me, let me put it this way. If you can't change you, how do you think you can lead transformation for the people in your home without the Holy Spirit's help to raise your own character? If I can't get there on my own, I've got to have God. I'm needy. I'm broken. I'm a functional dysfunctional. A functioning dysfunctional, however that works out. That's what I am. Secondly, leaders of the home must live with the Holy Spirit's active presence. I've already basically said this, but let me just hit Galatians 5.25. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. We've got to live with Him. The Greek word for live is it's zhao. Zhao. Which means to be alive and among the living. The Holy Spirit is not a doctrine. He's a person with whom you can have an active relationship And having an occasional experience in the Spirit on Sundays or during devotional time is not enough. We're to live with Him in the same sense as we live with our families or with one another. Notice in the New American Standard the word if, which is the exact translation of the Greek here. This helps us understand that we volunteer to have the Holy Spirit's influence in our lives. You and I volunteer to let the Spirit come on us. We open our hearts to God. We say, Lord, come. Come, show yourself to me. Work in my life. I want you in my life. Because you can quench the Spirit just by ignoring the Spirit. You can just say, oh, I'm busy today. I'm busy today. And the next thing you know, you'll be operating in your flesh rather than the Spirit of God. You've got, it's a voluntary thing. He does not overpower us and force us to hear His voice. Do you want to help with seeing your home transformed for God? Then spend time Asking for the Spirit to be active in your relationship with God. Ask Him to live with you. Ask Him that His breath becomes your breath, His actions, your actions. Ask Him for, uh, to knock into your day more often than it's than been happening in, in your past. Lord, show up a little bit more. Break my mind. When I get off in those rants about politics or about money or about how my kids need to behave, break in, Lord, and, and, and work with me. Thirdly, leaders of the home, keep in step with the Spirit. Now, Galatians 5.25 again, but I'm changing the translation because there's a more accurate sense of the Greek there. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keeping in step means to walk in tempo with someone or even under their direct guidance. My father was a sergeant in World War II who trained soldiers in boot camp. He got a a battlefield promotion and and came back home from from the Pacific Theater, and he was that that boot camp sergeant that you all hear about and see about. Um, He claimed to us boys that there were always at least two people in every recruit class that could not march, just couldn't do it. I I was hoping to get a YouTube clip for you. There are some, go on YouTube and look up Camp March. And there are some of the funniest things happening you've you've ever seen. They don't have rhythm. They can't can't go left, right, left. No, it doesn't work. Somehow in their brain, it just does not happen. Why is it important to learn to march? Oh, come on, they're just going to go there and fight, people. Because military runs on teamwork. And it's called basic training for a reason. If you can march with somebody else... You start to consider them a team member. And then you start to work with it to defend them and yourself and to work together so that the military objective might be met. Basic becomes more sophisticated. But we work together by marching together. Home leadership that transforms must not only have the Holy Spirit's presence, they must also march to the cadence set by the Spirit. When the Spirit says forward or halt or left or right turn, We are to move as he says. Too often we love to only feel God's love. Oh God, you're just I just the presence was just so wonderful. And it is. I'm not making fun of that. But that's not where it's that's only where it starts, not where it stops. That's just to help us love him, to know, to follow him, to be in step with him. Um he wants us to experience his transforming power by learning to follow his lead. Imagine, how many of you have ever been in a three-legged race? You ever tied your your legs together? And it was pretty humorous usually, wasn't it? Why? Because two of you that were in that were trying to be the leader. Imagine if your your spiritual leg was tied to the Holy Spirit's leg. Who do you think should be the tempo setter? Who should be the leader? I'll bet you'd win the race every time if you let the Holy Spirit, if you kept in step with the Holy Spirit. I, I just think you would. Because he's got your best interests in mind. He wants your family transformed too. He wants your home transformed. That's what he wants. And he's not providing you steps that will hurt you. He's providing you steps to guide you into this transformed state where those character traits, those leadership traits, they're becoming real in your family. They're becoming real in your home church. I conclude by showing you some more scriptures from Galatians 5. Let's go. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and orgies. But then we move down in 5 to verses 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control and who wants a home from the bottom half who wants a home from the top half i bet everybody wants the bottom half don't you well how do you get the bottom half i'd say in the light of the scriptures taken from first timothy and titus about the character of the leader and of the transformed home that that list on the bottom is what we should be pursuing What is required of us as leaders is to have the strongest possible relationship with the Holy Spirit as possible, just as strong as possible. Now, here's what I want to say. Some of you would say, but I'm barely saved. Holy Spirit would love to overwhelm you, barely saved. Some of you would say, well, I've got a master's degree in theology. The Holy Spirit would love to overwhelm you. Some of you would say, I've come from a Alcoholic background. I'm I'm an addict. I still struggle trying. The Holy Spirit would love to set you free and overwhelm you. Some of you would say, I struggle with lust or pornography. The Holy Spirit would love to change your life, not be out of condemnation, but out of transformation and to make you a godly person. Some of you would say, my I've been through uh, three marriages and 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 I'm still broken. I'm still fighting. I'm I'm just struggling inside, trying to be trust and trying to learn to love and trying to care. And I got kids from two different parents in my home. The Holy Spirit would love to bring you peace and to cover you and to bring that lower half into your life. He loves you. He loves you. He is God. God is love. He's not here to condemn you. He's not here to put you down. He's not here to make you do, uh, you know, uh, jumping jacks his way or or with with a rope or anything of that sort. He's here to pour into your life and change your heart. And he can if we will simply invite him in, live with him, and then keep in step. Don't don't contradict what he says. Some of you do, including Larry. What do you mean? Larry, you know how you said something sharp to Jan this morning? Yeah? Go apologize. Maybe later. See, I just got out of step with the Holy Spirit. You get me? It can be small things. It doesn't have to be great big things. I want this church, God wants this church, I believe, to be filled with the Spirit. Or he wouldn't have Jesse say what he said, the songs sing what they sang, or pastor lead us in prayer the way he did, or this sermon to come, all without any coordination. That's the Spirit putting things together. How do you receive the Spirit? I believe you do so by surrendering to God. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in bed, in my dorm room, telling God I would do anything for him. Anything and I think secondly you, you get filled by honoring him so surrendering your praise and your honor to God and just surrendering your life I believe that the Holy Spirit will come into your life in a bigger and greater way how do you live with him you seek him daily don't just a quick, quick Bible read okay that's good in the, in the car on the radio oh that's a good song okay I'm at work now how about taking some time say oh Holy Spirit just work in my life Today, overwhelm me today. Let me be the transforming power at I can't say work yet, we're not to that influence, right? We're at home, at home. Be that transforming work in in me and, and help me be that leader that I need to be. And thirdly, how do we keep in step with him? How do we do that? When he bumps you and says, do what he says when he says forgive, when he says be gentle, when he says uh, raise the discipline level, whatever it is, that, that is what we just obey him. The outcome will be transformation. No matter what our kids think of us as parents, and they all think the same thing of us as parents, they love us but would like to not have us, right? It doesn't matter. Just do what the Spirit says. That's keeping in step. How does home transformation take place? It does so with leaders who allow the Holy Spirit to actively come into and live in their lives, keeping step with His direction. They prioritize. They encourage. They sacrifice and persevere in step with the Spirit as the Spirit leads. Because I promise you this, you can do all these things without God in your home and it won't be any more successful towards transformation than than anything else. But with the Spirit in your home, now there's there's the love of God at work. Leaders determine that before anything else, a godly home bearing the fruit of the Spirit is their goal. And they step up to the responsibility to live godly lives empowered by the Spirit of God. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Father, I just come in the name of Jesus. I didn't set this service up. Apparently, you did. And because of that, Lord, I, I want to just bow in before you and say, I'm in awe of you, Lord. Obviously, we need to hear from beginning to end about your great presence and about your spirit, that Jesus, you died and rose again just so he could come to us. Lord, I, I just pray for the people now in the name of Jesus that they take another lungful of the Spirit into their life, Lord. That they take another step into the Spirit, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would overwhelm these people. And God, if there's anyone here who's maybe been put off by uh, past Pentecostalism or something like that, Lord, would you bring healing to them and show them that you, Spirit, are good to them and want to be good. Lord, it's not about how emotional I feel during a wonderful song service. It's about how in touch with you and how, what relationship I have with you and how I want, to be, I want to be what you want me to be. And part of that will be in touch with you during a, a wonderful worship service. I ask blessing in these people. Lord, may the Spirit of God come on them. May the Spirit of God come on them. Lord, may your Spirit come on Lord, may their home transformation change because of what the Spirit of God is doing in them. Lord, these qualities that are in Timothy and Titus are just too hard for me all by myself. I need you, Lord. I need you to be the best dad I can be, the best husband I can be. I need you, Lord. I pray blessing into their lives. I pray, Lord, God, that no matter where it is, whether it's right after service, whether it's in their car on the way home, whether it's tonight, tomorrow, in the business meeting, Lord, uh, this week, sometime, that these people would just sense another move of the Spirit in their lives in powerful ways, and may it translate into transformation in their home. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And I will say this, too. If you don't know the Lord, if you come here exploring and looking for spiritual answers, start with receiving Jesus Christ into your life. Just ask him, say, Lord, I want, to, I want you in my life. Just start there. I want you in my life. I'm gonna trust you for, for, for heaven. It's as simple as that. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Uh, go home and take your nap because of what happened overnight, right? Thanks for being here. God bless you. Be filled with the Spirit of God.
0: Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.